a couple years ago on this podcast, I said the ability to focus will be the most important entrepreneurial trait moving forward from this point in history, to focus on that which we want, that which improves our life, that which makes us better as human beings. And just as a warning, uh, we're at a point right now where entrepreneurial ADD and information overload has now hit epic proportions around the world. How do we think straight and stay focused in a world where we all suffer from information overload? In this session, we're going to talk about multitasking, logical, not emotional decision making, and five important ideas that will help you stay focused and on task, progressing towards your goals. Welcome to the New Era of Wealth Building podcast, formerly the MLMSuccess.com podcast. This show will reveal a new era of team building that has been created by smart contracts on the blockchain and technology that wasn't even available a couple of years ago and most still don't know exist or understand today. We share with you real success stories from real people that are happening right now today. While traditional network marketing companies have fallen into a state of dissipation and delusion, what Mr. Calvert calls a social club, there is one company and organization whose members are progressing and growing their incomes weekly. This organization is led by the host of this podcast, Dale Calvert. Dale has always said that real product and network marketing is people. Dale has always taught, if you build people, people will build the business. We believe network marketing is the number one personal development program on the planet with a compensation plan attached. When you combine wisdom of the ages success principles, proven personal development systems, and a new era opportunity, you have the formula for life-altering success stories. And that is what we share with you in this podcast. So here is your host, who has a goal to develop 500 six-figure earners and 10 millionaires on his team over the next few years. A small-town guy that figured out early in his career that the real product in network marketing is people. And the magic and Ziggs quote, you can have anything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. Dale Calvert. Before we get deep in this session, just let me say I hope yours, you and yours had a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday. I hope you were able to eliminate much of the artificial stimuli, at least as much as possible, as we talked about in last week's session. And if you haven't heard last week's session, number 364, session 364, I highly recommend that you listen to that session. Uh, This session will make much more sense if you just stop it now and take the time to really listen and internalize session 364 first. Uh, As we talked about in one of the sessions, or probably in the last session, that I sincerely believe we're at a critical place in society with disruption all around us. It's even more critical for our future that individual entrepreneurs stay focused, be aware of the addiction to dopamine hits in our brain that we all have and stay on a proven progression pathway that always leads to success. The time of this recording, I just got off the phone with uh, a group of our team members, we work together every way, every every day for about an hour. We meet online. And one of our team members said, you know, well, Dale, what's wrong with me just taking a break? He said, sometimes I just need to take a break and, you know, just waste my time. Five minutes just watching TikTok videos or reading Instagram messages or watching videos on Instagram. I just need that break during the day. And breaks are great, but not those that feed our dopamine addiction. Breaks are great. We all need breaks, but not those that feed 
our dopamine addiction. How are you going to break it? How are you going to become very keenly aware of it if you keep feeding it? And again, the point of last session was you have to be aware and and you must force yourself to stay on the the path, the predictable path, the proven path of accountability and activity that ultimately creates success. And one of our other members said, you know, if we can all just focus on getting where we need to get to, focus on doing the activities that generate income and taking the right kind of breaks right now, then one day, you know, he 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 has plans of moving to Texas one day, and he said, one day we can all sit around, you know, the, a fire outside with a TV set and laugh at funny videos all that we want to. We can do that the rest of our life if we choose to, if we do what we need to be doing right now to move our life and our business forward. And, and another point that he made, and it was Alan Knight that made this point, by the way. But Alan said, you know, when you take a break, instead of wasting time on uh, on TikTok or whatever for your break, just get up and go find your spouse and give your spouse or your kids a big hug and get natural do- dopamine release. Get a natural dopamine release, not an artificial dopamine release. And that was really the point, one of the main points of, of last session. And it's something I hope you guys really have spent time thinking about because it, it makes a huge difference in the overall productivity and progression in every aspect of your life. As it relates to finding the right business opportunity, the last couple of years, I have been shocked daily at the number of intelligent people that are involved in business opportunities that make absolutely no long-term sense at all, and many times don't even make any short-term business sense. I mean, just because a person may have had a successful run at some point in their career, I have figured out that is no indication that they have the ability to look behind the curtain and seriously evaluate the upside potential or lack thereof in any other particular business or business model. Most people join network marketing opportunities for emotional decisions, and then they attempt to justify those decisions by finding facts. Unfortunately, many times there's no facts there to justify it. Very few take the time in the beginning to really look at the facts, look behind the curtain, and understand the real potential in the market. And when I say in the market, I'm talking about who are your potential customers going to be? The market is your customers. They don't take the time because all network marketing companies have really done in the last 15 years or so is sell their products to their distributor base. And if your distributors are your customers, your upside potential of whatever you're doing is very limited. Uh, So they join because, well, Dale, I just like my Aunt Betty and, and they like the product and it's cheaper than they were paying at the health food store, or they just wanted to support Joe because Joe and them were in Metaluca together 25 years ago, and they've stayed in contact, and I just wanted to support Joe. And and the truth is, if you like Aunt Betty, spend more time with her at reunions and holidays. If you like cheap nutritional products, be a customer. It makes no sense to try to compete with Amazon when it comes to developing a consumable product customer base. It doesn't. The market, being your customers, that that market has shifted. And to not recognize that the shift has occurred simply means that you're not looking or you suffer from what we've talked about many times, a condition called cognitive dissonance. Uh, and we've talked about that a lot over the past several months. And there's a lot of network marketers that aren't aware or not paying attention that all consumable products are per- pretty much 
purchased on Amazon at this point because 90% of the U.S. population has an Amazon Prime account. And if, if you don't really wrap your mind around that, you've got to understand the shift has occurred has occurred and if and if you want your old you know you want to support your old maluka buddy joe just be a customer don't don't join as a distributor and do nothing don't do that be a customer uh joining the network marketing team and doing nothing is not acceptable behavior let me say that again joining a network marketing company and doing nothing is not acceptable behavior. Who are you fooling? Who are you frustrating? Yourself. T.J. Elliott said, where is the life we've lost in living? Where is the life we have lost in living? This is a deep quote. So stay with me. It's not very long, but it's deep. Where is the life we have lost in living? Where is the wisdom we've lost in knowledge? Where is the knowledge we've lost in information? And that is really worth thinking about and and dissecting a little bit. Uh, I love where is the life we've lost in living? What's he saying? Everybody's living and, and trying to keep up and moving so fast that we're not taking the time to enjoy our life, to enjoy the people in our life. And he talks about knowledge and wisdom. And, you know, knowledge will tell you, build a bridge. Wisdom asks, do you really want to build a bridge there? What's the purpose? Wisdom kind of looks behind the curtain a little bit. Uh, You know, that's what I call this type of thinking. I, I call it looking behind the curtain. And many people, just their their mind makeup, it's not that they're not smart or intelligent or super smart and intelligent from an IQ standpoint, but many people just don't have the ability to do this logically, to really look behind the curtain. And it's kind of shocking, but it's true. The process and the kind of mind needed to accumulate data and the kind of mind needed to interpret the data and understand the meaning are different kinds of minds. You know, some people have very hard time, you know, accumulating the data. But once they have the data, they do very well at interpreting it and telling you what it means. This is why you hear a lot of network marketing distributors and other in different side gig niches babbling about things that mean nothing to those that are able to look behind the curtain and decipher their babbling, but also be able to decipher the data. They just, they pull out random facts that don't mean anything to to most people. You know, my, my grandmother used to call it those that try to make a mountain out of a mohill. I don't know how many of you have heard that, that description, but a lot of people try to make something you know, add a lot of things to something that really doesn't mean anything. They're trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. Currently, you see this weekly, every week with Live Good distributors. I mean, is is the fact that Live Good has now has eight hundred thousand people or who, whatever the number is that's joined as free members over the past eight months or so? Uh, it. it is that a big deal or is it an indication of how delusional people are and how saturated the market is? I mean, 800,000 people have joined free. What does that mean? For some of us, it, it just is an indication of how delusional the entire home business niche is and how saturated LiveGood has become. So we all have to answer those questions. We all have to answer those type of questions for ourselves. Many of us understand the true meaning of the data, but most don't. And, you know, the same can be said about I Have Global, the company I'm with. The fact that a couple of years ago, you know, right before I joined, they had over a million people from around the world request a free hotspot 
mining device meant nothing except for the fact that, in my mind, that the world's full of a lot of freebie opportunity seekers. It didn't mean the opportunity was that great. It just meant that a plug-and-play crypto mining device meant, you know, was made a lot of sense to people, especially when they're comparing uh, opportunities that offer lotions, potions, and pills. When you compare the two different opportunities, one product nobody had ever heard or seen before, the other we've all seen, heard, and used every day. That's all it was. That's all it meant. So the real issue is why this is the real issue. If you want to look behind the curtain, why out of 800,000 people that have signed up for Live Good have only a minute number developed a full-time six-figure income? Why is that? 800,000, a very small number have developed a full-time six-figure income. And, And, you know, the truth is, you know, our small team of about 7,000 iHub affiliates, our personal team, we've developed more full-time income earners on our personal team of about 7,000 in one year than LiveGood has enrolling 800,000 or whatever the number is over the same time, so over the same time period. So, you know, live good distributors, please don't send me he- emails because you send me these hate emails. You get all emotional and you start babbling and you start throwing out all this stuff that absolutely means nothing to me or anybody else. And and it's common. It's common. I deal with it every day. And it's like, I feel sorry for these people. And it's not personal. It's just business. It just is what it is. I mean, I'll give you a really good example. I had a lady, I can't even remember her name, um, and she sent me a promotion on LiveGood, and I I sent my standard uh, LiveGood, look behind the video, live, look behind the curtain, LiveGood video that I did, because I was just getting so many, our team was getting so many promotions, you all know, I mean, how many do you get every day? I get, you know, a half a dozen people promoting LiveGood every day. And so I just I got sick and tired of having the same conversation. So I made a video and I sent it to her. And then she comes back and she said, we're not a network marketing company. We're a buyer's club, just like just like Amazon and Sam's Club. And I responded, which, again, I, I shouldn't even take the time to even try to communicate or try to talk logically with with live good people. We've all probably figured that out at this point. But I said, ma'am, you have, you're no, you're nothing like Sam's Club or Amazon. People, I mean, first of all, you cost, your, your fee to join is much higher than both of those companies. And with Sam's, well, my Sam's Club membership, I have access to tens of thousands of products when I walk in there on that are on the shelves, ready for me to buy. With my Amazon Prime membership, I have access to literally millions of products. With LiveGood, people are paying more for their membership for what? 14, 15 different nutritional products that can be bought at any drugstore our health food store, our Walmart, and you're honestly trying to tell people you're a membership club just like Amazon and Sam's Club? Have you really drank the Kool-Aid? And, and, and this went back and forth where she ignored that and goes to some other emotional random, you know, thought, well, Tim Miller's making over $100,000 a month, and he was homeless and in a wheelchair before he started with LiveGood. And I said, ma'am, do you know how many companies Ben Glinsky has started? Do you know who's been the top money earner in most of those companies? Do some research on SBC. You know who the number one money earner was? 
with SBC? Tim Miller. That's who the number. So how did he end up? If he was the number one earner in one of Ben's former companies, how did he end up homeless in a wheelchair? You know, I understand the story sells and people get attracted to the story, but you need to do some research and, and really look behind the curtain. So this went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And, and it's like, you know, it, you know, some people, it doesn't matter what you say. They just pull out something else out of the air and they never take the time to try to hear and listen to what you're saying. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Y'all have experiences like that. And then I get a message from her and it's like, I thought she'd gone away finally. And then I get a a message from her and, and, and this was right before today. And she said, Tim asked, Tim told, Tim told me to copy this and paste it and send it directly to you. So here was the message. And again, ask Dale, did Tim pay you to speak in, in SBC? Yes, Tim hired me to come and speak at one, maybe two events, Super Saturday events at S- SBC, just like hundreds of people have over the la- over the years. Uh, hiring me to come in and do keynotes, you know, companies, individuals doing super Saturdays for their group. Of course he did. I mean, why would I, why would I say he didn't? I've never said he didn't. Ask Dale what happened to his last three deals from mining boxes, APO, and the collectible deal. Well, the mining boxes, uh, they're called plug and play crypto devices, which uh, again, I've already covered a little bit here, but it makes a lot more sense than trying to compete with con- in the consumable products market. I don't think anybody else needs, and I don't think that nothing else needs to be said. APL Go, I left a lot of money on the table when we made the pivot from APL Go. It was not an easy decision. Uh, we had the fastest growing team in North America when I made the pivot, when I left. Why did you leave? Because for most people, a a new device that they've never seen before, uh, a, a mining box, makes more business sense to business-minded people than trying to compete in the consumable products market. I mean, again, that's why we did over a million distributors quicker than LiveGood did. You know, they, they you know, it, they, it doesn't matter. It's not about getting them in. It's about keeping them in and helping them move forward. And it's, it's not just about how many join. That doesn't mean diddly, as I've already talked about. And then he says, tell Dale, you spoke directly to me. And why is he avoiding me? Well, dude, I'm not avoiding you. I, I don't know why you would even say that. And then he said, copy and paste Dale this message and tell him I'm going to expose him publicly and I have receipts. Receipts for what, my man? Whatever receipts you have, let's put them front center on Facebook right now because the only receipt you can have is the fact that, yes, I was a consultant for Live Good. And yes, uh, initially you paid me. It, for one or two, I don't even remember, but I spoke at a couple, maybe one, maybe two Super Saturdays for you. The owner, Ben, heard me at one of the Super Saturdays and then con- contacted me about being the corporate trainer. So, I mean, I don't know what you're going to try to prove, but that was it. So, uh, and my response was to this lady, and I hope I don't hear from her again, but it just, it's like, what are these, again, babbling idiots? that's what happens when when that's just kind of the path. And I said, I respect him. I always will. He's a very emotional person. The truth is, over the past year, we've helped more people earn 100,000 plus than any team on the planet. Uh, I had the courage to pivot from APL Go, and I did leave a lot of money on the table because I knew it was not a good move for my team. It was staying with APL Go was not a good move for my team. Uh the nutrition MLM business is blockbuster. 
Tim thinks he knows what my motivations and reasons are, but he doesn't have a clue. I wish him nothing but success, but we both know how the future is going to be with LiveGood. Ben will sell or close down the company like he has with every other company he's ever started. And then I sent a link to a video that we've done, just documentation beats conversation, where, again, I can talk it, but can you prove it? What's the documentation? So we have a video for that as well. So I say all that to say this. More information, wrong information, especially, and there's so much in the marketplace, is just not right. But the more information you have doesn't increase your efficiency just because you increase the amount of data. In fact, if you probably have a negative net loss when it's all said and done, the more information you're consuming, the it's probably ends up giving you a net loss in, in, in many different ways because a confused mind does nothing. The truth is there's too much good information out there. As entrepreneurs, the search for knowledge without internalization of good ideas over time, it desensitizes us to the point where we don't recognize wisdom. And let me say that again. If you don't, when you hear knowledge, when you hear wisdom, if you don't take the time to really internalize that, then you get desensitized to it, where where you get to a point where the only thing that's going to give you a dopamine squirt in your in your brain is a lot of rah rah hype, and 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 foo foo dust. When you do not have the ability to recognize wisdom, and you don't have the ability to recognize common sense truth, and you can only be moved by foo foo dust and meaningless hype, you're in a bad situation. And LipGood is an excellent example of that. And and when we start having, as human beings, when we start having aha moments as it relates to the understanding of future of human nature and wisdom and documented facts, then we're in trouble. If the only thing that moves us and, and gives us that dopamine squirt is is hype and rah-rah and a lot of fluff. We're in trouble, not just as entrepreneurs, but as an as a society. Again, instead of logging into your TikTok and get entertained with false dopamine squirts, get up, take a breath, go hug your spouse or your kids. We live in an unstable society where we are far more technologically efficient than we are wise. And that's a big problem. Because the technology that is that is developed, the more technology that's developed, the more wisdom we better have, and the more ethics and morality society better have, our things are going to go to hell in a handbasket very rapidly. And that's just the reality of the situation. Over the next five to six years, we will... Rapid, we're going to see rapid development in AI systems. I mean, at a level that we can't even begin to understand at the present moment what's getting ready to come. And, and that's already happening. I mean, without question, these AI systems are monitoring YouTube. They're monitoring Google, Twitter, and Facebook. And some believe they're listening to us through our home Alexa devices and cell phones. So the real problem is that the ethical and moral preconceptions of the programmer are, of the programmers are being embedded into the structure of the AI and when you really stop and think about it that's really a scary thing. It means for better or worse we are building automated intelligences that reflect our own morality and we better be very careful about what our morality is if we're going to automate it because automated systems can become very, very uncontrollable and very powerful. And it puts each of us at the center of an AI web connection that makes the consequences for our 
moral and ethical decisions much more immediately manifested. I mean, it really begs the question, should we have, I mean, how should we behave on Facebook and other social media platforms? I mean, you've heard me say many times, it's better to be thought of as an idiot than to open one's mouth and remove all doubt. And the problem is social media has given people with warped ideas and victims, you know, with victim mentalities, a place to congregate together and support their dysfunctions. That's what social media has done, given everybody the ability to hang out with other dysfunctional people and support their dysfunctions. There are studies out now about how now that that really indicate that there is a correlation between the amount of time people spend on Facebook and the depression levels that they have in their life. The more time you spend on Facebook, the more depressed you are because Facebook becomes an advertisement for your life. And we've all seen it. Here I am with my new girlfriend in the Bahamas. Here I am on top of the mountaintop. And and we never see the other side of life, the reality of life. I mean, people never show their picture in bed with their covers pulled up over their head, too depressed to get out of bed or whatever. Uh, You never see network markers who are too scared of rejection to pass out a drop card. You know, they're too scared to even talk to somebody and, and hand out a piece of literature. And there's no question that, you know, the reputation destruction can be unbelievably vicious in social media. And it causes people to be overly concerned about what other people think. It really does. Uh, so I'm so thankful that years ago I programmed my mind with the philosophy, don't try to explain yourself, you know, are your motives, because your friends don't need an explanation and your enemies aren't going to believe you anyway. And that's just the way it's set up in my mind. And all wisdom of the age of success coaches will tell you that the number one reason people do not break out of their normal nine to five rut and go after a dream, and I mean seriously go after it, is they're too afraid of what other people will think. That's it. So And social media has magnified that. So what happens is they spend their life in what I call the great American box. And some of you have seen that training I did about the name, the great American box. I did it years ago. It's on YouTube somewhere. And if I can find the link, I'll put it in the description. But the number one reason that people never break away is fear, fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of what somebody else is going to think about them. And again, social media has catapulted this fear to the front of our brains. Uh, Neuroscientists in the last 10 years have learned a lot about how our brain pays attention to some things that usually are negative and forgets many important ideas that are usually positive. And I try to communicate to our team members, feel it. You know, when, when you have something great happen, celebrate it. Do some mini celebrations. Feel the success. Some people have a hard time letting themselves feel their success. And, you know, we're in a situation today, as we talked about last week on last week's session, where Americans take in five times more information today than we did in 1986. If each piece of information pertaining to you was written down on a three-by-five card and laid out end-to-end, side-by-side, uh, the amount of information that appeals to you, that 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 pertains to you, was laid out side by side, end to end. That information on a three by five car, card would actually cover the square miles of Massachusetts and Connecticut combined. So no wonder we feel like we can't keep up. You're not the only one, my friend. Every entrepreneur on the planet I know feels the exact same way. I mean, I've told Don multiple times, I wish the world would just stop for two years and let me get caught up. That's the, the that's the, that's the, kind of what happens when you're an entrepreneur. You, you, that feeling is something you're going to have to learn to deal with because it's not going to go away. I promise. 
If you like watching YouTube for work or research or self-education or entertainment and you want to keep up with what's happening and what's new, think about this. Every hour, YouTube has 6,000 hours of new videos uploaded. So that means every hour watch, you theoretically are falling behind 5,999 hours. I mean, in the near future, that number will double, and then it will keep doubling and doubling and doubling. That's the world in which we live. Information is being put into the market much quicker than any of us could ever begin to try to keep up with it. So, so what do we do to try to keep up? We multitask. We do a whole lot of things at the same time and attempt to keep up. And the research at this point is really clear. Uh, a lot has been written about it. There's been multiple books written about it, articles. But most have not really accepted the fact that multitasking does not exist. It's a myth. It doesn't work. Mentally, it cannot work. What's actually happening in the brain is you're doing sequential tasking. The brain is rapidly shifting from one task to the next. It's doing it so quickly and seamlessly that maybe you don't notice. What you end up with is, is attention that's being fractionated into five-second bits, and you're not able to actually sustain attention on any one thing. Multitasking can release and does release the stress hormone cortisol, which makes you feel wiped out after a couple of hours of trying to multitask. And you're unable to think clearly from any stretch of the imagination. You become overcome with mental fog. So you're really not saving time. You're actually wasting time. Multitasking is not required by entrepreneurs or marketers. Let me say that again. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not required to multitask to try to keep up. Some professions may require it, may, like a kindergarten teacher, you better be good at multitasking or a, you know, a, a news journalist that's responsible for breaking news or whatever. Of course, air traffic controllers come to mind and air traffic controllers work in 45 to one hour shifts, and then they're required by law to take a 15 to 30 minute break. Uh, that's part of their duty cycle. So every, every study conducted confirms people are attempting to multitask those that are get less done. So why does it feel like we're getting more done? And I'm preaching to the choir here. And I'll tell you that the last six hours of my day, every day, is spent multitasking. I'm doing activities during that time that don't require a lot of deep thought. Okay, that's what I do at night. Activities that do not require a lot of deep thought. I mean, my first six hours of the day is 100% focused with no distractions, no emails, no phone calls from anything or anybody. My first six hours. That's when I focus on major projects. But I break my day up into three six-hour sessions. And neuroscientists will tell you that, you know, the one thing all, all our brains are really good at is, is self-delusion. You know, telling ourselves everything but the truth. That's why so many times you'll hear me say to thy own self, be true, because that's a pattern and a thought that takes a while to really develop. Unfortunately, being true to ourselves, telling ourselves the truth. You know, we want to always blame and point the finger at somebody or some situation other than the person staring us back in the mirror. I mean, how many people do you know that after a few drinks, you know, talk about being self-deluded, self-delusion, you know, they think they're irresistible to the opposite sex or they think they're funnier or more clever or that they can fight better. I mean, some of you remember those days from your teenage years, and unfortunately, you've got some 70-year-olds that's operating the same way today. So even in our normal state, the brain does not always have good insights into what we're good at and what we're not good at. 
And the example I've used many times in this podcast is the people that try out for American Idol. They're they're sure that they're the next Elvis Presley, and they couldn't carry a tune in a bucket, and we've all seen them. But they have no clue. They really sincerely think they're the best singer on the planet. So what can we do about all this? I'm going to give you five quick tips. Number one, take breaks. Take breaks. You'll be more productive and you'll you'll get better work done. So, you know, every couple hours, if you just take a two, three, five minute break, it will serve you well. And some of you heard me talk about the idea even of a 12 minute nap. And I've been sharing this concept for over 30 years. Einstein took midday naps. Very well documented. And when I first heard about this concept of a 12-minute nap, I was up in the Redwoods area up in California. We were doing an event up there for a weekend, and myself and Bob Armstrong, who was called the Hoosier boss at the time, Hoosier, like Indiana Hoosiers. He was from Indiana, and he had a relative. I think it was his wife's brother, maybe, that was building a really good team up in Northern California. And I remember... Uh, we were, uh, we, we went to Scott, we went somewhere else. I think maybe we did a event in Vegas. I don't remember, but we were in California and we got to the location in a rental car and driving up through the mountains and we got to the, the guy's place and he lived in this beautiful log home and we were getting out, and he said, well, let me show you around. And Bob said, well, I've already seen it. He said, because we were going to leave after we went, after we got everything in, in his house, we were going to go back down and look at the meet, meeting venue where they were. we were actually having the event. And Bob said, I'll just stay here, y'all. They'll go in and take a look at his house. Well, we came, we went through, and we walked around. He showed me everything, and this guy was a very unique guy and was building a great team. And I remember I came back out, and Bob was – you know, it's like maybe eight, ten minutes later, and he was sound asleep in the car. And I was getting ready to walk away, and then it was like, boom. He he woke up, he stood up, and he said, boy, I feel better. And that's when he was talking about how he's convinced, how he conditioned himself. He can take a 12-minute nap in the middle of any day. It's always 12 minutes. And... He, he goes to sleep and he, his subconscious will wake him up on 12 minutes on the dot. And I didn't know, if, I thought, what's this guy talking about? But I did some research and we talked about it more and I started doing those. And it makes a tremendous difference. And studies have shown that a 10 to 15 minute nap, and for me it's always 12 minutes, in the middle of the day can be equivalent to an hour and a half of extra sleep the night before, and it can raise your effective IQ by 10 points. Now, guys, if that's true, and I'm here to tell you it is, that's worth thinking about, internalizing, considering. So, you know, it, just to expand a little bit further on this, and some companies like Google and uh, some of the Safeway stores and other companies where people are expected to perform at their highest level, Nap rooms are in the corporate offices and part of their company's culture at Google and other tech companies. Naps help restore the glucose in the brain. That's what they do. Breaks allow a new attentional mode. So when you come back from the break, your attention, your focus is at a different level. Neuroscience call this task positive call this the task positive portion of your brain. And the studies I've done over the year, I just always called it conscious mind, subconscious mind. But, you know, now they call it the task positive portion of your brain. And this is just the part of the brain that's engaged in the task fully. When, when you're doing direct outreach, prospecting, or you're on a phone conversation, or writing a promotional ad for a safe lift, safe list or something, if you're focused and engaged in the task and you're not distracted, uh, this and, and that's how I try to spend the first six hours every day, personally, on the main projects that I'm working on. 
The second state of mind in your subconscious mind is called task negative, and you're not doing a specific task, and your mind is just kind of wandering. You know, and and some call this the default mode, and it's just the natural pull that our subconscious mind has and wants us to go in. You know, and when I was in school, they would say, Dale, quit daydreaming. <laughs> so we call it daydreaming. You know, when I go get my hair cut, man, I just like to sit back and not do anything, think about anything for 10, 12 minutes and just relax. Just let my mind go. I'm no, no focus task at all. And, and we all have had that type of experience. You know, you, you're driving, you know, 20, 30, 40 miles away and you, and you arrive and you don't even remember driving there because you were daydreaming the whole time. You know, some of you have had this experience where you're reading a book and you realize your eyes have been following the words, but your brain hasn't. I mean, you were thinking of the thoughts, loosely connected thoughts that flow from one to another. You were daydreaming while you're reading a book, you know, trying to solve a problem, you know, sometimes in your daydreaming and the the answer kicks in. I mean, I have done this many times and do it more, unfortunately, all the time. I'm trying to remember a name of a book, a person, something, and it's on the tip of my tongue. But the more I try to think about it, the more the further away it gets. And I finally just say, subconscious mind, tell me the name of the song that I heard, blah, blah, blah. And then I go about my business. And before I know it, that song will pop right in my brain, pop right in my mind. I just tell my subconscious mind to go find what I'm looking for because I know it's in there and then go about my business and it will pop right in my mind. If you haven't tried that, you should try it. So the solution uh, sometimes is very obvious, but a lot of times it's not. So the first thing is take the time, take a break during the day. Get up, take a break. If you want to try a 12-minute nap, sometimes if I'm going to take a 12-minute nap, I'll usually do it between my 12th hour and my 13th hour of the day. Sometimes, depending on what I have planned the last six hours. Tip number two is ask yourself a question before you go to sleep at night. If you have something you're working on, you're trying to figure out, should I do this? Should I do that? Should I go this way? Uh, ask yourself that question uh, before you go to sleep at night. Decision-making deletes glucose in the brain. Even small decisions. What color pen you should use? What kind of ink should you use in a specific pen? What kind of cereal should you buy? These small decisions compete with big decisions you make. Uh, like, you know, some of you should have made the decision two weeks ago when I talked about, you know, getting an iTrust Capital IRA set up and buying Bitcoin. Some of you still haven't done that. How much money have you already lost out on? But anyway... You know, you don't make the big decisions when you hear about them because you got all these other little decisions messing with you and taking away from your glucose levels all day long. A decision, uh, again, all of you should have made a couple of weeks ago was getting an I trust capital IRA before the year's up and get that done. You know, so what happens is when you kick into a daydream mode, when you take a break or a 12-minute nap, it replenishes the glucose in your brain. So the third tip is get in nature. Research indicates exposing yourself to nature is very restorative. It's a very restorative environment, grass, flowers, trees. I've heard people talk about how important it is to walk around barefoot in your yard to connect with nature. And again, I don't want to get out on a limb and too woo-woo there because I'm not a woo-woo kind of guy. I'm really not. You know, I don't get out on the limb, but but if if we just think if we stop for five minutes, we think, well, if I stop, I'm going to get further behind. And I've got 300 emails that I haven't read today yet. You know, take the five minutes, you know. Get yourself regrounded, focused and then come back because it'll you'll you'll work from a different mindset when you do that. Working overtime does not work. All the research says that all the people that work 20 hours a week overtime, you know, instead of working 40 hours, they're working 60. Most only get about seven hours of actual focused work done during those 20 hours of overtime. It does not work. So 
You have to have productive hours scheduled every single day. Understand that it takes sustained focus concentration. You must be fully embraced daily in income-generating activities if you want to progress and move forward and build your business. In our business, the people that are refining their skills and doing 25 to 50 direct outreach messages a day are progressing. They're growing. They're moving their business forward. Those that aren't, aren't. Did you hear what I just said? Everybody on our team that is focused on income-generating activities, 25 to 50 outreach messages a day, and they're refining their skills, they're getting their questions answered, they're getting some help and support. All those people are progressing, growing, and moving their business forward, and those that aren't, aren't. This is just, it's just a common thread. Research indicates that all highly successful people in every field set aside time for focus, undistracted, sustained concentration and work. They turn off all electronics, their phone, their email, etc. In our business, I would consider these incomes again are these these uh, activities again income generating activities. How much concentrated time daily do you spend on income generating activities? How much? This is probably the most important point in this podcast. So what are you going to do with it? To their own self be true. How much time are you spending daily on income generating activities? And if it's not enough, you've got to make some adjustments and some changes. I cannot say this any clearer. There ain't no foo-foo dust. If you're not doing the work, then you cannot progress and move forward. And it's not just, you know, daydreaming while you're listening to a webinar. It's concentrated, focused effort on income generating activities. I hope you heard me. So tip number four is schedule time each day for income generating activities. That's tip four. So wherever you are, be there. Be there fully. Don't fill your brain with unproductive thoughts that don't need to be there. You hear on the news, it's going to rain tomorrow. Don't tell yourself, i got to remember to bring my umbrella seven times that night. Don't tell yourself, that's just taking up time and thought. Don't tell yourself, don't do that. That takes up valuable bandwidth within your brain. It takes up neural resources. I mean, when you hear it's going to rain tomorrow, just go to the closet, get your umbrella out, put it by the door, and then you don't have to think about it anymore. You know, if you're prone to losing your car t- car keys, for heaven's sakes, get a key ring. Go get one this weekend. Go get a hook to hang your keys on or a decorative bowl that you can put on your kitchen counter or or on your, you know, on the table by your front door. I mean, do something about that. You know, I know people that have been losing their their keys for 30 years. I have relatives. For 30 years, they've lost their keys. It's like, for heaven's sakes, buy a key hook. You know, learn to write things down. As soon as you put it down on paper, your brain does not need to remember it. I mean, ask Dawn about my notes. I have notes written on paper all over everywhere. <laughs> you didn't know what was wrong with me when we first got married. Why do you why do you write down everything? So I don't have to think about it anymore. So we don't have to remember useless facts. We have to we have access to most information that we need right at our fingertips. I mean we have a growing, thriving team right now in Australia. I don't have to remember the time zone in Australia. I can look it up anytime I need it. We all have the information and data available to all of us to not be lazy and make informed decisions. The data is there for for all of us to use. We can now all make much better informed medical decisions about our own medical treatment. Uh, There was a time when everyone simply did not did what their doctor told them to do, period. If the doctor says do it, that's what they did. And some some still live by that 
thought process. I, I certainly don't, and I never have. But doctors are not schooled in a lot of decision-making processes, and I think all of us need to take control of our own medical decisions and, and research. And we all have to learn to separate the wheat from the shaft. What is good information? Why is it good? So the first question to always ask is, who is this person and why should I be listening to them? This one question could have stopped the network marketing business model from falling into a state of delusion that we find it in today. It could have. Uh, It really could have, guys. Just asking yourself, what has this person really ever done? Yeah, I like the way her hair, I like the way she fixes her hair. So therefore, you're going to get business advice from her. Well, she acts like she knows what she's talking about. Yeah, a lot of people act like they know what they're talking about. But don't don't mistake sincerity with truth because some people are sincerely wrong, as Jim Rohn said. Tip number five. If you don't start your day until you don't start your day until you're ready to win the day. Don't start your day until you're ready to win the day. I have one major project. I'm normally working on, and I want to make certain every day that I'm going to make progress on that project. And over the years, I've managed my time differently based upon a lot of different circumstances. The last 15 years, I mean, the 15 years uh, that I I wasn't building a team were the the least stressful, most but they were the most unfulfilling of my life. But they were very, they weren't stressful at all. You know, I personally am at my best when I feel like I'm providing value. I mean, it was okay to be selfish probably back then, and it was probably really good for Don and I when we first got married, and my time was still managed very well. But back then, I probably spent four hours a day on average in personal education. And life was a lot different. It's a whole lot different when you don't have a responsibility of building a team because I take it very seriously. And and if you're just working with employees that you can hire or fire, which we were then, it's a whole different ballgame. That's easy compared to trying to help people get out of their own way, identify their limiting beliefs, and trying to teach people about dopamine <laughs> squirts in their brain or whatever. So... Again, as I mentioned earlier today, I work in three six-hour segments. The first one is from about six in the morning to noon. Uh, This is my quiet time. When I get the most done, I actually schedule time to think at least twice a week. I I extend my morning time. Every morning, I take 30 minutes getting my thoughts right, getting myself right, and at least twice a week, instead of taking 30 minutes, I take an hour and a half a couple times a week, and I actually sincerely schedule time to think because I don't want to be thinking about a lot of stuff floating in and out of my brain. I want to be focused on what I'm ever I'm supposed to be doing at the time. So I started scheduling time to think a couple of years ago when I read a book called The Road Less Stupid. <laughs> Great title of a book, The Road Less Stupid by a gentleman named Keith Cunningham, and I highly recommend it. I mean, I'll see if I can find uh, the link. I'll put it in the description of this podcast, The Road Less Stupid. Excellent book, and it got me scheduling, literally scheduling my thinking time. The first six hours of my day is when I get the most done. It's during that time I'm usually planning my team Zooms for the week or doing research for an article or podcast. And I normally, uh, it's really probably my peak mental state because I don't allow any interruptions at all from anyone or anything. From about 12 to 1 every day, I meet with our leaders online. We have a powwow. We work together, refine our follow-up systems and scripts, whatever we need to do, whatever we need to talk about. My first call, my call calendar daily is usually at one o'clock, and I normally have calls scheduled daily uh, throughout the day between one o'clock and six o'clock. And in between calls, I, that's when I'm multitasking. I'm doing my 50 direct outreach messages, uh, following up on emails and answering questions in our private Facebook group. 
in between calls because I the longest call I'll do with any one individual is 20 minutes. That's my maximum call time. Then from about six to midnight, I'm doing a wide variety of tasks. I'm usually doing or 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 attending two to four private team and corporate zooms a week. Uh, I'm cleaning up anything that was started the previous 12 hours of my day. Uh, if I had to follow up emails or documents or PDFs or whatever I need to send to prospects, uh, I do a lot of activities that require very little thought. My last six hours, I'm doing safe list promotion, creating surf traffic. Uh, this is when I multitask a lot, especially this time of the year when the University of Kentucky is playing basketball. I'm usually watching Kentucky and creating traffic with surf websites or researching different uh, marketing lead generation methods. Uh, I I try to get to bed by midnight. Honestly, I rarely make it because it seems I'm uh, I'm often under a time deadline of some kind or have a fire that needs to be put out somewhere with somebody. But from midnight to one is my personal education time. I have podcasts like Jensen Franklin that I listen to every week. But other than that, I usually listen to at least one audio book, at least one every week. Uh, lately, I'm reading a lot of white papers and studying different crypto projects because I know the next bull run will be the biggest in history. And I'm trying to make well-informed, intelligent decisions. Uh, I plant uh, the current question in my mind before I attempt to fall asleep. And then I'll wake up in the morning and I do it all over again. <laughs> and that's what my day looks like. Success comes from the monotonous, the boring daily activities over and over and over and over and over again. And that sounds boring, I know. But the good news is I can choose to take off anytime I need to or, or anywhere I want to go. I can go anywhere I want to go, anytime I want to go there. Uh, when this podcast drops, I'll be in Kentucky. We're heading there the day after Thanksgiving dinner with 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 our family in Georgia. We're heading to Kentucky, and we're going to do it all over again. And I'll stay in Kentucky for a few days, maybe a week or longer, depending on how many uh, how many basketball games my granddaughter Chapel has. Uh, then I'll be able to attend. And, and by most people's standards, I guess we probably travel a lot, but not near as much as we have in the past. And I used to travel every week. I was gone, you know, every weekend, two or three meetings a week during the week. I mean, I, I don't like traveling. By most people's standards, we probably travel a lot. And it's something, again, I just don't really enjoy because I spent so much of my life on the road. Uh, but this year, I mean, we've been to South Dakota a couple times, Vegas a couple times, Florida three times. Uh, we'll be in Las Vegas in January, and in April we're taking a Caribbean cruise with with our our team members, uh, which I'm really looking forward to. This is not a company cruise; it's just our team is going on a cruise, and we're really looking forward to that. And and I've learned a long time ago. When when I went through the neuropsychology of self-discipline, when I went through that program that now is actually part of the program in your mind for success course, uh, that more the more discipline your lifestyle ultimately is, the more freedom you have. And that concept has certainly played out well for me. I think next year we will be doing a lot more traveling and attending a lot more sporting events, even if we just go watch the Gwinnett Braves you know, minor league team because of our collect direct business, we'll be able to mix business and and sporting events, any type of sporting events that we want to go to. And when I travel, uh, you know, I have to completely have a completely different set of disciplines when I travel. So I don't get totally swamped while I'm out of pocket. And thankfully we work with some very talented outsourcers, and team members that help me stay on track. So that's what my life looks like as it relates to everything I've tried to communicate with you over the last couple of weeks. you got to have time to stay focused on that, which moves your life and your business forward. So just to kind of review, 
Uh, tip number one, take breaks. If you want to, try the 12-minute naps. I love them. Uh, I'll take probably a couple a week when I really need them between my 12th and my 13th hour normally, especially if I have a a Zoom that I'm doing that night. Uh, that helps me. Uh, tip number two is ask questions before, ask yourself the key question that you have before you go to sleep. Don't be surprised if you have the answer in the morning. Tip number three, take the time to walk outside, breathe deep, get in nature. Tip number four is schedule time each day for income generating activities. If you're not doing that, then you're just missing it all. That's tip number four. Tip number five is don't start your day until you're ready to win the day. The most important thing I hope to accomplish in this session was give all of our listeners a deep understanding of how the desire for dopamine, for that dopamine fix, is yanking human beings around, making us all unproductive at levels that I sincerely, truly find concerning. I'm concerned. Uh, I'm concerned. And because I see so many unmotivated people, undisciplined people, and it's concerning. So whatever you do, Please try not to miss this message. Please hear what I was trying to communicate. Uh, Please try to really internalize what I've covered these last two sessions. Yes, there's something wrong with taking a five-minute break and vegging out watching TikTok. You're feeding the addiction. That ultimately destroys motivation and the natural pathway to success and happiness. And if you miss that point, you missed you you missed the entire two sessions what we were really trying to communicate. Take get up. Don't watch TikTok. Go go hug your spouse, go hug your kids. Learn how to feed the natural dopamine within ourselves, not the artificial stimuli. Don't depend on artificial stimuli. Depend upon the natural human dopamine fixes. I hope that makes sense. If it doesn't, listen again, because repetition is the key to learning. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a great one. This is Dale Calvin. I'll be back with you next week on another session of the New Era of Wealth Building podcast. Y'all have a great week. Did you enjoy this story? Then you will probably enjoy some of the other sessions of this podcast. You can visit MLMSuccess.com and see a full playlist of the podcast since the day we started. Would you like to put some faces with the voices? Then search for Dale Calvert MLM Success Podcast on YouTube and follow us there. Please leave a comment on YouTube and let our special guests know how their story inspired you or affected you. Dale spends most of his social media time in private groups he has founded, but you can follow his public Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Dale Calvert page. And of course, your comments and feedback on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you access this podcast is always appreciated. Thanks for listening, and we will be back next week and share with you another real success story that is happening right now in this new era of wealth creation that most still don't know exist yet.